So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? Uh, this is the Cash PT Lunch Hour, and this is your host, Aaron LeBauer. Welcome back to the show. Um, today, my special guest is Dr. Kyle Rice from the PT Hustle. And uh, I know Kyle, uh, I think, decently, fairly well. I always feel like when I'm around him, we're really good friends, uh, but I actually don't know a lot about him, so that's why we're on the show. But it's taken me a few years to get this man on the show, so I'm super excited to have him uh, on today. Kyle is, uh, helps physical therapists pass the NPTE, and I met Kyle through my good friend, uh, Greg Todd. And so it's the first time I met him, I was like, oh, I like this guy a lot. I don't know what it is about him, um, but it's just one of those people. So Kyle, thank you for coming to the show. Appreciate you being here. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I can't believe that I'm on with Aaron LeBauer. Let's get it. Yeah, man. All right. Well, so Kyle, can you, uh, Tell us a little bit about like what do you do? Like, like what specifically do you do? Like, and uh, and we'll start there. Yeah. So uh, amazing, amazing question. So I am a NPTE coach, and for those of you out there that are physical therapists, you know exactly what the freaking NPTE is. A lot of y'all who have already passed beyond that, you probably haven't thought about it anymore, uh, which is perfectly fine. But I am an NPTE coach, and what I do is I help PTs whether you're a student or you're a graduate, uh, students who struggle with standardized exams, I help them to crush the NPTE. And I do that through a holistic approach, focusing on mindset and the knowledge and the application. But we really look at it from a holistic perspective. Because if you struggle with standardized tests, you know that there's a lot of mindset games that go in with it. And so that's what we do is to help PT students and grads absolutely crush the NPTE and go on to get their dream job. Dude, dope. That's awesome. Did you struggle with standardized tests? <laughs> Did I struggle with it? Absolutely. I, I, I laugh because, now, oh man, struggle is not even the word I would use for that. Um, you know, I've struggled my entire life with them, dating all the way back to, for those of y'all who live in, in Florida, we had this test called a uh, Florida comprehensive assessment test called the FCAT used to have to pass that thing to even move to like fifth grade. Your boy was struggling with that. The SATs, the ACTs, GRE, you name it. Uh, I've struggled quite a bit, brother. Yeah. Yeah. What was, well, I mean, just for, for, uh, I don't know what's the word, uh, for, um, uh, Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's coming to me. It's coming to me. It's uh, for um, transparency, uh, Aaron. I got a 450 on my uh, SAT verbal, and this was back when it was out of 1600 points. And I, I got a 650 on my math. Uh, somehow I got into Duke, but it wasn't because of my my SAT <laughs> scores. <laughs> and then when I took the GRE, um, I was applying to Elon. They're like, well, you you know, it's rolling admission. You better take the GRE. And I was like, well, I scheduled it. I was able to schedule it like that week, that Saturday. And I studied for three days and I passed it by one question. I had to get a thousand on the GRE. And I know these tests have, 
have changed their changed, scaling. Yeah. But I got one question right more than I needed to get into PT school. Wow. So I have too also struggled. I took the SAT three times. Yeah. My mom thought, well, oh. and I got it. I got an exception to take it untimed. That didn't help. I got the same scores each time. Like, I think I got <laughs> one more point or one more question. Yeah. Right, once like it, I mean, this is pretty common, isn't it? A, a very common. Um, you know, as you're just talking about it, I'm just, I'm smiling and I'm laughing because I know your pain so well. <laughs> I remember we actually used to get the results in the mail. Now it's all electronic, right? Yeah. But we used to get mailed the results for things like SATs and ACT. And I remember distinctly that not only did they give you the score, like you were talking about, you had gotten a 450 on verbal, right? Yeah. But they also give you like where you fall in the nation and in your local area or something along the lines of that. Yeah. My percentage was down in the bottom 10% of the nation. And I knew it was bad news, bro. Yeah. Every time, bottom 10%, bottom 10%. It was well, a struggle, man. What did you do? Like, what, how'd you, how'd you get into Pete? Like, how'd you figure out like how to get enough, uh, how to get a high enough score to get into college and PT school? Like what, what was it that was working for you at that time? You know, it sounds like our stories are somewhat similar uh, there because when it came to getting into like a four-year university, I'm telling you, all my friends were getting into uh, University of Florida, FSU, University of Miami, like these big D1 amazing schools, right? Um, but I was not getting looked at at all with those schools. They wouldn't even look at my application. So I actually went to a, an amazing school called Florida A&M University. It's a four-year mm -hmm. school. And, um, you know, I was just, I, I feel like I was lucky. I was blessed to have an opportunity to go. I think that they weren't looking necessarily at that, uh, yeah. the, the actual test scores. And so I at least was able to get into a four-year university. And then, so, you know, when I got into, when I got into that four-year university, I had what what you would call like a chip on your shoulder. I guess that's the saying for it, right? It's like I had something to prove now, like I was, you know, good enough. And um, so what I decided as I was getting through my, you know, beginning didactics and all that stuff, I decided that, you know what, I want to become um, an orthopedic surgeon. And the reason, the true reason, bottom line, and I would never tell anybody this at the time, but the reason why I wanted to do it, because I wanted to be the most prestigious thing that you could do that had the most respect, you know, that made a lot of money. So I could be like, oh yeah, look at me. Like deep down, that's what I truly wanted it for. Not because I truly wanted it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I had some, some trials, man. I had some major trials that I want to go into with the, uh, with this thing called the MCAT, you had to take an MCAT in order to get into medical school. <laughs> you had to get you through organic chemistry first. Oh, I was pre-med. I made it through the first day of organic chemistry. I just got an A in chemistry one and two because I had a friend tutor me. And I was like, I sat down. I was like, fuck, this is going to take four hours. For do the first night homework review, yeah. I was like, no. I, 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 like, I can't do this. And I dropped tough. out. I, I dropped out. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I think the washout rate 
was like something insane, like the amount of students that would come into that class. And then at the beginning of organic chemistry, you know, teacher would be like, how many of y'all are taking this for your first time? And then a certain right. amount of students would raise their hand. How many for the second? And this certain amount more. And then how many for the third or fourth? You know, the whole class raises their hand. So yeah, I completely understand, bro. Yeah. That was a that was a tough road. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So what was it that kept you from becoming an orthopedic surgeon? You know, it was it was really the MCAT because I made it through Orgo, even though that was a tough battle. Uh, made it through all the pre med stuff. Um, had to take this really tough competitive exam called the MCAT. Um, and so I got in there and I was like, all right, I've been teaching and tutoring a lot of the people around me, a lot of my classmates, helping them get good grades in their classes and stuff. I should be all right. So I walk into this first MCAT. I studied, I prepared, I worked hard, I'm a hard worker, very mm -hmm. committed, overachieving type of mentality. Right. So I go in there to this first one, do the best I can get the results back on it. I get a 17. For a lot of you, it's not even going to, that's not going to mean anything to you, but to be competitive for medical school, you really need to score somewhere in the 28s at the time. It may have changed now, right? But I was like a 17. You're like okay. There. And I'm like, oh gosh. All right. So hold on a minute. Let me try a little harder. Let me study a little harder. So I get everything right. You know, I got all my books. I'm spending hours upon hours studying, going there for the second attempt. I'm like, okay, this is going to be it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get that 28, at least the 28. I go in there, sit down to take the exam, finish it up, do, do the absolute best that I could do. I walk out, I kid you not, 18. <laughs> Kaizen, man. <laughs> Little improvements. <laughs> yeah, base hits, right? Little base hits. We're going to make it eventually. Just keep hitting those. Um, I think it was the third one that did me in yeah. a bit. Um, got me to the point where I was just so you get to the point after you fail so many times at something that you you stop becoming emotional about it. It's almost like uh, now you're just pissed off. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go into the third exam again, work really hard, study. I come out. And this time the score drops back down to a 17. I think that that was it for me, you know, really to the point where I'm like super pissed off. So fast forwarding this story, bro, I go into my fourth attempt of this MCAT. I'm not stopping for nothing. Fourth attempt, go in there, score goes up to a 19. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you yeah, can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're starting to make it there, right? But here's the thing. So schools start to look at how many times you're taking this thing, right? And then that starts hurting your applications, you know? Um, so I wind up taking the MCAT five times and never getting a competitive score. The highest I ever got on that thing, I believe was a 21. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so gradual improvements. Make, yeah, gradual improvements, but not enough to right. get looked at by by any school. Yeah. Really, but so. PT school didn't care about the MCAT. So they did uh, not. How'd you they go from how'd you, what was your journey from MCAT to PT school? So, uh, you know, I, I was at my parents' house because I had already graduated uh, undergrad. I'm like laying in my childhood bedroom in the bed, glowing the dark stars on the ceiling still that my mom hadn't taken down yet. Right. And that was that breaking point where it's like, I got to change something. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I've, you know, my aunt and uncle, they're all physical therapists. My cousin's physical therapist. You know what? Let me do physical. Let me try this physical therapy thing. Um, 
And so that's when I decided I'm going to do physical therapy. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to become a doctor of physical therapy and then no medical school will ever be able to deny me. I was using, I was going to use physical therapy as a stepping stone mm -hmm. to get into medical school. Cause I was still like, no, I, everybody's going to accept me. Like I'm not taking this, you know? Um, so I applied to a physical therapy school and with my grades alone, um, I got into Florida international university. Go Panthers. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's what brought me there. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you, you took the GRE or something like that, right? I, I did take the GRE and I struggle with that as well. Yeah. Um, I really feel like it was the interview um, and then the fact that I had really great grades and recommendations that really sealed the deal for that one. So um, right, let me try to figure out, let's get to the next step uh, yeah. before we get off track. We're actually, yeah. So you graduate PT school. Did you go mm -hmm. like, like work in orthopedics? Did you like, what took you from graduating PT school to like starting your own business, helping other people pass the NPTE, or maybe when you got out of PT school, did, did you have to pass that thing, take that thing five times? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's a good question. So, um, you know, there's the NPTE, you got to study hard for it. And throughout PT school, I was really focused on the NPTE, like, a just a, like, a really just overwhelming desire to do as best I could possibly do on this thing. So I treated it differently and I studied the best that I could learn from the best people about standardized test taking. So I went into that exam and I passed it. it the first standardized exam I've ever passed. And I passed it with a perfect 800 out of 800 on it. Damn. Holy cow. Holy Absolutely. Wow, dude. So you yeah. knew going into that, you're like, all right, I've got to do something different because I struggled before. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Did your mm -hmm. school, um, like our school helped, like our school was like, you come back from your, we had a six month final rotation. We came back to school for a month. We did like an elective class and for three weeks or something like that. And we did a one yeah. week uh, NPTE prep course. Like they uh, kind of paid for that for us, which was mm -hmm. nice. Did your school do anything to help you guys? Yeah, they actually were going crazy. Um, I think that the uh, passing score started to drop a little bit. And so they're like, oh, you know, everything starts scrambling, like, get them this, get them that, you know. Um, so we did a lot of like uh, review courses, therapy ed, score builders was there. And mm -hmm. I did a lot on my own, getting every possible review book and course that I could, you know, get my hands on for sure. Yeah. What is it about standardized tests um, that are harder for some people? You know, one of the major things that I feel is, is the person's upbringing a mm -hmm. lot. Like that's what influenced, influenced me because our family is very academically inclined. There's a lot of pressure on performing well, right? And so yeah. you go into big exams like this that really determine whether you're going to go to college or not or what school you're going to go to, right? Mm -hmm. And then it becomes more of an anxiety producing event, more than just any regular test. Um, and so I feel that a lot of students who have trouble now, especially the ones that get through PT school and all that stuff, they go through all the rule, the grueling stuff of PT school, they come out and they don't do well on the NPTE. A lot of it's because of the mindset, the anxiety that's mm. produced by it. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I remember one of the things about my NPTE prep and I, it wasn't you cause it was 12 years ago <laughs> in 2009 and I don't know which company it was. I have no idea. Um, but one of the things that they did that 
I didn't learn for like SAT was test taking strategies. Mm. It was heavily focused on test taking strategies and um, like training for the test rather than the knowledge, you know, because this guy was basically like, you know, you have all the knowledge. I mean, there's five things that you probably don't know that they'll ask you about, but you have the knowledge. It's like, how do we do it? And it's more than just, you know, the multiple choice test taking strategy of, you know, if you know A and B are wrong, it's going to be C or D, just guess one of them and answer it rather than not leaving it blank. Right. And I found, I, I, I was like, wow, that was helpful. Like I never like, that might've helped my SAT scores, but is there like a specific, so is it for you, you feel like there's a lot of it's the anxiety, which I totally understand. Is there like a strategy for people to get over this part or is it, or I'm asking 10 questions at the same time, or is it more that when I took the NPTE, we could pretty much schedule it like any month we wanted to. And now you have five opportunities a year. Does that create more anxiety? I mean, what is the, like, like what are the strategies that are, that you teach that are the most helpful or what are the, and, and what are some of the things that really make the biggest difference for people? I guess that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, when it comes down to anxiety, I think what you brought up was, was spot on. Like there's only four opportunities a year to take this exam, right? Um, if you don't pass it once, you got to wait another three months to sit there and take the exam again. And there's a lot of pressure. Now, here's the thing. It's not just the fact that it's the exam itself that you have to pass, but it's the fact that a lot of us come out of PT school and we have all of our classmates. And then you're fearful that, oh, man, am I going to be the one student in my PT class that fails, mm. that sets a bad you know, record for my school and everybody else passes? Um, and so I think that all these things start to play into it, right? Um, and then, I, you know, I'll mention this one is that, you know, one of the things that's in our PT school culture is that it's pretty do- god darn cutthroat um, as far as, you know, clicks and that sort of thing. And then people feeling like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to share my notes with you or if I, it's kind of like that scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody does better, that means you're doing worse, sort of speak. It's like, we're not all growing together. Right. Um, and so I think that that plays into the anxiety a bit. What are people going to think of me? What if my, what is my CI going to think of me? What are the faculty members going to think of me if I don't pass this exam? So that all plays into your mindset going into an exam right. like this. Right. Right. So yeah, I remember yeah. taking some of those, most specifically the massage therapy board exam here in North Carolina, but even the NPTE, I was like, these questions are outside of my scope of practice. I was like, mm. you can't, and I was like, what the fuck are you asking me this question for? Right. Like, like <laughs> this isn't even in my scope of practice. Like, I'm not even supposed to know that answer to that. You know, it's, I Absolutely. mean, how much of that, like, like to me, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, are these just the test questions they're asking? I mean, like, what are some of these other, like, things that are in there that are causing some of this anxiety. Cause I know that to me, I was like, wait a minute, like I'm going to fail this because I don't know, you know, like a nursing question, like a medical, like, right. you know, pharmaceutical question that like, we're not supposed to know. Like that was kind of, that was stressful to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think you get on the exam and you see those and for some students, <clears throat> they'll see those questions and that flips them out though. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is the question that will cause me to fail. Um, and then when they would have, they would have passed, you know, if yeah. they just continue with a level head, but they let that get into, you know, it's just like any performance to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Do you find like, 
Like, I'm sure you took some of your tests with a pen and a pencil, right? Do you take some of these with pencil? And now they're all computerized, right? It's true. So mm -hmm. one of my one of the things I used to do was like if I didn't know the answer, I'd skip it and come back to it later. Like I don't know if the com I can't remember that the computers let you do that, but I was like, wait a minute, I better not like I better sit here and figure this out, my best answer, and not come back to it. Um, are there any other things like that that have changed recently in how they're delivering the test or asking the questions, or is it pretty much the same as you know most of us who are older <laughs> took these a while back? Yeah, it's definitely on the computer. You know, for the most part, things are the same. You know, COVID's kind of thrown some wrench in the plans a little bit where there's uh, more testing dates and that sort of thing and masks and all that. But overall, uh, things are, are the same. You brought up a, a good point about skipping a question. On the MPTE, you can skip questions um, and come back to them later as long as you stay within the section, right? You can't go on to another section and pop back into the section before, yeah. um, but you can do strategies like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. So Kyle, you get out of PT school, you score a perfect score on this thing. You're like, damn, are you, did you just go work wherever you wanted to go work? Like, what did you do next? And what led you to starting a business? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So I came out, I was super motivated to, um, just be the best physical therapist I could be. And in my eyes to do that, you had it to, you had to be like manual therapy certified. You had to be residency trained. Like this was my mentality coming out of PT school. And so first job that I got, uh, Dr. Richard Asaro, if you're listening to this brother, I miss you. Um, he was the first, he was actually a CI of mine and he mm -hmm. brought me in and he was manual therapy certified and he was training me and my mentor and all that, which was great. Um, I, I wound up leaving and going to uh, Jacksonville where I did a residency at Brooks Rehab. Yeah. So in my first like couple years out of PT, it was like, bam, bam, you know, I want to get the manual therapy certification. I want to get residency trained. Um, and I thought that that was my fulfillment. That was going to bring me like happiness and joy. And I started to realize the reason why I was doing a lot of that was still to fill this void of like acceptance mm -hmm. and being accepted by others and being viewed highly by others or something along the lines of that. That's what I was looking just to be accepted. Um, and, and really physical therapy and doing the certifications, all that, it just wasn't solidifying that. Um, and so I got to the point one day I was actually took a job as a travel physical therapist. I got to the breaking point one day and I was like, listen, I love treating patients. This is great, but it's not, you know, it's not just fulfilling to you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, there has to be something more. And so there's a guy named Greg Todd, right. He yeah. kept coming up on my Facebook and everywhere. And, uh, he was really the catalyst for me going after my true dream, which was to help students just like me who struggle with standardized tests, who feel like they can't do it, who feel like, oh, this is going to be the test that keeps me away from my dream, to help those students pass the MPTE and get their, their dream job. And so he was the catalyst for it, brother. Yeah. Wow, dude. That's awesome. So what were the first steps? Like, what were the first steps? Did you just like build a course and start selling it? Did you build like a, like a, an audience of following? Like, what was it that you did first to get this thing moving? Like, you know? Yeah. 
Um, so the way it started was this, um, when I graduated, right after I had passed the MPTE, a friend of mine <clears throat> had heard that I had passed it and done well. And so he was like, Hey, you know, I have a, a friend who graduated from your same school years before you that's struggling. Do you mind helping this person out? Mm -hmm. So uh, long story short here, I tutored this person for six months, you know, helping her to figure out exactly. She winds up passing it. She was on her last attempt for the state of Florida. If you don't pass it in your fifth attempt, um, you can't ever practice in the state of Florida, at least wow. while we're recording this July 15, 2021. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so she passed it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, now I, I, I really feel like I have something like I can help people. And so pretty much ever since then, I've been tutoring people and helping people along the way. So by the time I had met with Greg and he was like, listen, you need to go all in on this dream that you have of helping people. Um, I had already tested this idea out, mm -hmm. right? I knew that it worked. I knew that I had something. I didn't have a lot of belief in myself, but I did feel like I had something. And so it was really Greg that showed me the ways for, okay, how do you start a company? Where do we start? So I, listen, I started off with absolutely nothing, no real course, nothing like that. I started a free Facebook group online where I was just helping give it, just giving information, giving it. Um, I did develop a course that was in perfect action in the beginning. It was not fancy. I literally, if I went back to that course and looked at it, I would cringe. Like I can't, <laughs> believe, you know, I've come so far now. Right. Um, but the thing is I started with imperfect action, free Facebook group, just providing a ton of value. Right. And that has what, you know, created that kind of snowball. Yeah. I think that I want to emphasize that like you create, you, you had already proven that you had helped someone basically like a high ticket offer without like probably charging a high ticket price, but you helped a one-on-one -on -one person get a result before um, you went and created a group that brought in a lot of people. And all you did was give to people you helped right. you give, I've seen your videos, you're amazing on video and you helped inspire people and help them through it. And then you probably went and uh, created some kind of really more of a product, right? Right. Absolutely. What was the timeline between creating a, uh, like between like knowing, okay, I helped this one person who was on their fifth attempt and creating a course and selling it. Oh, okay. So looking at this from one to the next, we would probably be looking at a solid four and a half closer to five years mm -hmm. um, since I had helped that person and to the development of the course. Yeah. So I had spent four and a half, five years in the incubator helping people for like $10 an hour before I ever got to the point where I was building out a course and actually, yeah, you know, get more people. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I think a lot of people who've come to me and like, Aaron, I want to teach this course. I'm like, great. Like, or they want to start a business. I'm like, great. You have an audience. They're like, no, <laughs> like, do you have anyone that wants to, have you done anything? And I was like, okay, well, like, you know, like how do we, the, the, I ask them a different question, but in my mind, I'm like, well, how do you expect like anyone to buy this if you haven't given any value to anybody before they, they don't know what you can do for them. Absolutely. And it seems really exciting, but I think, you know, to hear you say like it was four to five years in between that. And then it's how many years has it been since you launched your course? So it's now been three. Yeah. A little over yeah. three. Yeah. So like seven years close, you're getting close to a decade. 
but yeah. you're probably getting there faster than uh, Greg and I do on our own because you've got <laughs> like an amazing coach. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, there are a couple things that you, so I just want to leave that air for people. Like this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It's the overnight success you see as the tip of the iceberg. No doubt. Right? No doubt. You mentioned a couple things I think are interesting to, that, that we need to talk about. You know, you said you help people that, that struggle, right? And you struggled. So what is it about the struggle that makes you better or stronger or, or helps you grow? Like, what is it? Like the struggle's not bad. Right. Right. Absolutely. So what is it about it that we should embrace or that's been helpful? First of all, it's a great question because in the moment when you're going through this struggle, right. And I'm talking about some deep pain, some stuff that you're like, why is this happening to me? Why am I being punished for this? I'm a good person. Why am I going through this? that type of stuff? Like you're thinking that to yourself. I want you to understand that without those points, I wouldn't have been able to get to where I'm at today. Like being able to have such a great impact. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I tell a lot of my students now that are going through the, the struggle, right, is the fact that if I didn't have that, that big pain and, and that all that struggle and all of that, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have the passion and the desire to do what I'm doing today. I trust me, I would not be helping anybody pass standardized exams because who the heck likes standardized exams? Like nobody likes that, right? So for me to create an entire career behind learning about these and helping people, come on. I, I would have never done that, but it was the fact that I had gone through that level of struggle, which turned that pain really into purpose and passion today. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot with struggle that you should embrace. Of course, I'm not saying that everything's going to be rosy because it sure as hell was not rosy for me at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but would I go back and change it if I could like just tweak that struggle and have it not happen? No. Not in a million years why I do that. Dude, that's awesome. What's interesting, what's the difference between struggle and failure? Mm. It's good. It's good. I think it's how you, uh, wow. Um, so that's how you, it's how you define it, to be honest with you. I think that their struggle, struggle doesn't necessarily mean that you're failing. Mm -hmm. Um and again, this is all, all in how you define it. So failures to me now, I look to failures as, okay, this is a lead up to a success. Like at this point, my understanding is I must fail as quickly as possible, as much as possible in order to increase the success. Mm -hmm. So if you fail a little bit, then your success is going to end up being a little bit. The more that you fail and the bigger that you fail, the bigger the success at the end. That's just what I've seen from my experience and the experiences of my students. Um, so the way I look at it now is, you know, the struggle, the struggle is a blessing. If you're going through a struggle, that means that you're in a period of growth. You right. really are in a period of growth. So I would look at them very similar. Yeah. Um, are you capable of failure anymore? Am I capable of failure? Hmm. Not as like an end, not as an end point. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll see that out there now. It's like, you don't, you, you don't truly fail until you quit, right? If you quit, then you're a failure. Um. So in that term, no, you know, I, there's, there's no quitting. 
right? Um, but failure, like I was telling you before, I seek to do that right. as quickly as much as possible. Yeah, it, I guess it's how you define it, right? It's how you define it. Really is. Right. So what it, most people think of failure is like it didn't work. I failed the test. All right, I guess it's not for me. Right? Mm. You know, I look at it as like I'm not capable of failure anymore. Um, I'm just going to run into a bunch of roadblocks, you know, or things Absolutely. that don't work the way I expect. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, wouldn't you say that that's like part of that definition that you have now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, there's, there's a million definitions out there yeah. for failure and it's all in how you interpret it. Yeah. Um, what did it take for you to get there? First of all, it took a lot of failure. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's, it, it took a lot of failure. Um, but it, it took, I think it took me getting to this point where it's like, I'm taking that leap of faith, like with this business, right? I was mm -hmm. always doing things that were comfortable. Yeah. This was the first time that in starting this company and, and stepping out there that I would feel like I was doing something that wasn't comfortable. That was the risky option. I was leaving a physical therapy job where I was making plenty of money, stipend to pay for your freaking housing. I mean, it was a great cushy situation, but I was leaving all that to start from pretty much zero. Yeah. And it was at that point that I was willing to accept failure. I was willing to know that, okay, this is going to happen and I need to go through these failures in order for me to get truly what I want. Yeah. Yeah. You said you didn't believe that this was possible at some point. Like I had a very mm -hmm. similar experience. I had a, one of my early coaches was like, Aaron, you've got a six figure business. I was like, no way. I'm like, no, no. I was like, people don't want to learn this stuff. Um, at what point did you believe that, that your six, like that your dreams, your goals were possible? Oh man, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you know, I would say that I, I realized it the first time I truly believed in myself. Mm -hmm. um, so let me give you a little background, just a little background there. So when I started the company and I had this course going, I believed in what I was doing, but not really, right? Um, and it was just like, I think I can help people pass, but I'm not exactly sure. Maybe I'm just getting lucky. And so that used to be my thing. Like, oh, this is just luck that this, ha this happened. Oh, that person failed it four times and now they passed it. Uh, you know, it's luck. I got lucky. So it wasn't a true belief. Um, it wasn't until I literally had to put out on a page and I did this. I put out on a page, what is it going to take for me to actually believe and myself and what I'm doing. What What is it? And I had to list out a page. And it was actually my wife, Andrea, who had challenged me to do that. And I put these things out. And it was the day that I was literally able to knock down every single one of those things on that checklist that I was like, this is it. Anytime I'm ever tripping, like, oh, I'm just lucky or, oh, I don't really know what I'm, I always come back to that list. Like, nope, I told myself that I was going to believe and Bada boom. Yeah. You know, this is, this is it. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. That's great. So what changed for you once that happened? Really my outlook on what I could do changed mm -hmm. before there was always like uh there was always a ceiling, right? There's always, you can only go this far. You can only make a hundred thousand dollars a year as a physical therapist. Like that was the thing. 
at, once you get to that point, it's pretty much, you're not going to go any further than that financially. Right? right. Or you can only do this. You can only do that. So once I got to that level of belief, now it was like any ceiling that I see is truly not there. All you have to do is push through that or find someone who's already broken through it to show you how. Right. Right. Where, what things did you change in your business? Like whether it's systems, people, you know, products, something, what'd you change in your business? Like once you got past six figures in your business, what was the things that, that you had to do or change, um, you know, to get to the next level? You know, I would say, you know, once we were able to make it to, you know, a hundred thousand, um, we were, it, it came down to a lot more automation. So luckily for us, there's a lot of automation based tools out there that can act now like multiple employees. Right. right, right. And so you're, you're able to automate a lot of your communication and even your marketing and certain things. So that allowed us to grow exponentially beyond that hundred K without necessarily having to hire on. Right. But then what, and um, it's funny because Greg and I were talking about this this morning was having a fulfillment issue. Mm. It's like, you're having people coming in, you want to still serve at that high level and give everybody high level, just product and, and, and service. But you can only do that for so long by yourself. You only can fulfill at that level for so long. And then once there's enough people in there, everything starts to break down and you can't provide that quality. And so we started to get to that point, which is a blessing in itself. Right. It's a good problem. It's called a good yeah, problem. It's, it, it's a good problem, but there was no automation tools that were going to be enough to handle this, this busting open of this suitcase. Right. Um, and so I needed to, to hire on. And so that's where my wife, who's also a physical therapist, um, COVID had brought a lot of, you know, negative things, but it also brought a lot of blessings and she was furloughed and, she decided that, hey, listen, let me help you out with the PT hustle. And she has exponentially, you know, just taken us to that next level. And then we hired on another employee, which took us, you know, to that next level. So it's just been growing and growing as the team grows. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. What, um, what does the future look like? What's the five-year plan, five, 10-year plan? Like what, what is next for you? Like where, where are you taking your, your business? Are you doing something you, you're going to, do something different? Like what's on the horizon for you, Kyle? Absolutely. So I'm glad you asked that because we just had a retreat this past weekend. And that was the big question. Like, where are we going with this? Mm -hmm. Let me take you back to a little bit earlier in this podcast episode. I talked to you about how the PT atmosphere, the schooling atmosphere is, I would say it's cutthroat to be very mm -hmm. transparent. That was my experience and the experience of a lot of the, the people I talked to. And I think we lose a lot of PTs, great PTs, the PTs that will be amazing for this profession. We lose a lot of them um, because of that type of environment. Now, we may not lose them because they leave the, the school and don't ever do PT. We lose them because they come out as physical therapists and they're so guarded, walled off that they're not looking for opportunities to grow things because they feel like they're going to get cut down. I'll, and and y'all who are listening to me, 
I know some of y'all are like, mm-hmm, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's, here's the thing. What I want to do is I want to change the PT school system, mm-hmm. how we do things. And how I'm going to do that is the PT hustle is going to create our own school. Um, and we're going to use a model that is based upon being a positive PT atmosphere with the goal of making sure that every PT student feels supported throughout the process. But instead of like focusing so much on interdisciplinary, which is great, I love that, and focusing on how to work with, you know, uh, other physicians and all that, we need to understand how to work with each other better first. Amen. (laughs) Right? So... I want to create a school. I will create a school. And we're going to use the same model that we use in our PT Hustle um, courses now. We're going to use that same model. and We're going to bring that into the university system. Dope. Dude, that's awesome. That's amazing. Appreciate it, brother. I really do. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge, that's a great vision. I love it. I love it so much. It's like, because there's so many things that it... I guess the the thing is like, hey, I've got a great idea, and 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 the someone's like, oh, great, why don't you do it? And I'm like, oh, but I'm just here for the ideas. I'm but just you're, here. <laughs> you're actually just like taking action on it. But that's Absolutely. the thing is, I tried to change it from inside, and it didn't happen. And it sounds like, you know, sometimes we got to just change it our own way. Right. What um what question haven't I asked you yet that you think is important? You know, I would say. And we, I think we touched, we start to touch on that a little bit. Um, it was, you know, if you're in a situation where you're struggling and this could go across multiple realms here, we could talk about as a physical therapist to think about starting your own practice, your own business, online business, maybe you're a PT student who is in the struggle of preparing for the exam and just not where you want to be. Your test scores are not where they want to be. Uh, maybe you're kind of getting beaten up by your classmates doing significantly better and you're the one that it just seems like you're not going to make it. How do you handle that type of situation, that struggle? If you're in it right now, what do you do? How do you focus uh, in and dig your heels in and make it through? I think the first thing for me now, as I'm, I'm, I'm looking back and as I'm going through struggles today, is to understand that you're in the struggle yeah. first. To understand that you're not being punished for what you're going through. Um, that everything that you're going through, that this struggle and this pain is really there to set you up for something even better. So it's like right now, all you want to do is just be a PT. All you want to do is just start your own cash PT business. That's all you just want to do. That bear, Just let me start my own cash PT business but there's something better for you. You think that you're going to be okay at that level. You think that, oh, just that is going to be enough, but it's actually not. You don't realize that yet until you get there. Until you get to that destination that you think is best, you don't realize that that's not enough. And the struggle and the pain that you're going through is actually setting you up to get exactly what is going to fulfill you, what's going to be the best for you. Right. So, When we say Aaron and I, as I'm saying here now today, to embrace the struggle, that's what I mean by embrace it. It's not that it's not going to be painful. It's not going to, it's not like it's not going to hurt. But at the end of the day, it's embracing the fact that this is setting you up 
or something beautiful, a life of fulfillment. Dude, I love that. Yeah, it has a feeling like after you do it enough, like you can feel it feels differently in your body. And the right. same thing happened to me this spring. I was just like, this hurts a lot. Mm. And it uh, and I know that this is just a growth phase. This isn't like a dying phase. This is just like, you know, like I had an employee give me two weeks notice the day after PT BizCon. And I was like, oh, there's a problem. But like, I know this is just like this is just a sign of uh, something good to come because I've experienced it multiple times now. Right. But when you, f you feel it the first couple of times, you you just want to run away from it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. How do you keep yourself from not running away from it? Yeah, that's, you know, the, the one thing that's helped me out to be straight up honest, when yeah. I'm, when I'm going through a situation, I always weigh out my options, mm -hmm. right? So you said running away from it, right? Yeah. Well, you got to specify what you're running away to mm -hmm. because you'll naturally run away by default, but you don't even know what you're running to. <laughs> Are you sure you're running away to something that you truly want? Right. Because if you're going to run away and you're going to be in a situation that's not fulfilling to you, a situation that you don't feel comfortable in and you know that you could do more and every night it's going to keep you up at night because you're not... Like, are you sure you want to run away to that? I mean, I know this is painful right now, but are you sure you want to run away to that level of pain? Right. You might as well stay where you're at, dig your heels in and go after what you truly want. Right. Love it. Basically, if you know what you want and you know where it is, you'll you'll embrace and endure through the struggle. Mm. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. 100%. Dude, Dude super powerful, Kyle. Um. If someone's listening and they're a DPT student or they're struggling with like the NPT, where do they, where should they go? Like, how do they get a hold of you or your course? Yeah. So we got the PT hustle team over at www.pthustle.com. You could check us out. Um, you know, we're just a family of, of PTs really just trying to help PT students grow, yeah. get past this MPT and get their dream job. So www.pthustle.com. Um, if you're on Facebook and you're looking for a positive community, uh, we're in there in our private Facebook group. You can go to www.nptegroup.com. That easy, absolutely free. We're dropping fire in there every week. Do it. Dude, awesome. And if someone else wants to follow you on social media, maybe they're already graduated, but they're like, want to get inspired by you or you know, some of the things that you're sharing, like where's the best place for them to find you? Absolutely. So we're growing at Instagram, baby. We working on it. So you can catch <laughs> us on at uh, the PT hustle. Just plug that in there. The PT us on Instagram. Yeah. That's one of our hot places to catch us. Dude, Kyle, thank you so much. Um, this has been great. Dude, I always love like, even if I only get like 30 seconds of like inspiration from you, it's always amazing. And now I just got like almost an hour so. Um, I'm super happy. Um, Appreciate it. Dude, is there anything else? Like, I, we got to go because I got a, another call coming up, and but I don't want to leave. But is there anything else that you think is important, whether it's about any of these things or something else? You know, y'all, I, I would just say take the time to look at what it is that you truly want. Um, take an opportunity to embrace the struggle. If you're in a struggle right now, Take an opportunity to look at what you're going through. Take an opportunity to embrace what it is that you're going through. Understanding, you know what? I'm going through this because it's going to set me up for something greater. Yeah. Take that opportunity to do that today. Dude, so awesome. 
dude, brother, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. It's great. a pleasure. Absolutely. Oh, pleasure. man. You guys don't know how lucky you are because, uh, um, I mean, I'm not even in person with Kyle. We're just doing the Zoom thing. But to have uh, him drop some knowledge uh, is just amazing. So thank you so much. Um, Got it, man. Dude, uh, y'all, this is the Cash PG Lunch Hour podcast. Um, my name is Aaron LeBauer, and this is Dr. Kyle Rice or Coach K. Not not to be confused with uh, Mike uh, Shashevsky from Duke University, uh, Coach K. Um, but uh, apparently now there are two Coach Ks. Uh, one of there them coaches is. Duke, and one of them uh, coaches PTs. So um, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Embrace the struggle and uh, let us know how it feels on the other side. We'll talk soon. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And when you get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.